Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. If you're in need of face masks and hand sanitizer for your business, look no further than Elite Promotional Marketing. With a wide selection of masks available in both youth and adult sizes and exclusive access to premium Alberta-made hand sanitizer, Elite Promotional Marketing can help you get your organization fully equipped with the necessary PPE. Visit ElitePromoMarketing.com to start your next promotional project. Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, not really. Was I speeding? Yes. You were also driving erratically. Have you had anything to drink tonight, sir? No, officer. I know better than to drink and drive. Sir, have you been smoking marijuana? Yes, officer. But I don't see the big deal. It's not like I'm drunk. I'm afraid you're going to have to step out of the vehicle. Driving under the influence of marijuana is impaired driving. Don't put lives at risk. Don't drive high. We turn... We're kind of new to advertising. Into... This commercial is us to a T. It's perfect. Chorus Creative Services. Our commercials can help take your business to another level. Radio, TV, online. See more at choruscreative.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Going to have some fun on today's show. Just going to negotiate contact here momentarily with Rob Brown. Gene Principe coming up at 105 and George LaRock at 135. But not before I go back into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, some of you aren't going to want to hear this text. Just letting you know right now. Former defenseman Mark. Bob, I have arrived just in time. The players are given enough, said one of your texters. Who the hell are these texters? If I go to work, I get paid for the hours I put in. If you play half the games, you get half the salary, unless they're able to increase revenue for those games. Increased revenue? Question mark. They'll be struggling to get minimal revenue. The owners don't run a business to employ people. They run a business to make money. What are they in the business of charity? Last time I looked, tickets cost money. 
It's been a while, maybe, they give those things away now. The players are supposed to be in a partnership with ownership. They, therefore, have to take the responsibility for the health of the business, says former defenseman Mark. Driving the business into the ground wouldn't be taking care of the health of the business. But I guess I'm expecting people with no business sense to understand what I'm writing. That one comes to us from former defenseman Mark. Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, Hacksaw has texted us to say, Bob, if the players can opt out of playing, can a team or teams? Well, I think if they ratify the return-to-play process, I think that would kind of answer it, but I don't 100% know. And sometimes, you know, I mean, could you imagine if 28 of the 31 teams said, yep, we're coming back, and three teams didn't? How would you like to be a fan of one of those three teams? 780-496-0063. Again, you can text us at any time. Okay, uh, Bob, union workers are losing their mind hearing uh, former defenseman Mark's text. Well, I'll tell you what, let's bring aboard Rob Brown, our inside-the-game analyst. Rob, I've got a fun one for you coming up a little bit later on that somebody has texted me. First of all, long time no talk. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? Good. Obviously, the union today, the Players Association, is way stronger than it was when you played. Is that a fair assessment? Well, uh, yeah, 100% strong. I remember my first time Alan Eagleson came into our dressing room and Bob Airy, who'd been around in the NHL for a few years, asked a question. Alan Eagleson told him to sit down and shut up. He's lucky he had a job. And he was on our side. So our, our union back then was more or less controlled by the NHL. Well, and just to, I mean, obviously Alan Eagleson, who uh, was um, a prominent and staunch liberal, uh, had his Order of Canada revoked because of some of the things that occurred uh, in terms of the double dealing that went on, specifically with Jim Harrison, a former Edmonton Oiler, during his time with the Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Harrison was, in theory, represented by Eagleson, and Eagleson backdoored a deal with uh, Chicago owner Bill Wirtz that, uh, as it turned out, wasn't the most fair to Jim Harrison. Uh, all right, so here's the situation, Rob. You're a former player. The player Players agreed to a memorandum of understanding and a a multiple-year contract extension for the CBA in the summer. And Mm -hmm. now it looks like Gary Bettman has come back to the Players Association and said, look, the reality is the situation is fluid with the pandemic. It's worse than everybody thought. We're unlikely to have fans in there. We're going to need to take more, uh, changing the escrow and and adding to the deferral. You understand why the players would be cheesed off of that, but... Do you think the players also, the majority of them, would have a pretty good gut feel as to how bad everybody's doing out there in everyday society throughout the world right now dealing with the pandemic? Well, I, I would hope they would. I think that most of the players in the National Hockey League have parents, have siblings, have friends that are all dealing with the pandemic different ways, and a lot of them without the benefit of having millions of dollars in the bank. So, yes, I think they would have an understanding I mean, I don't completely understand. When I played, we didn't have escrow. We didn't have salary deferral. We didn't have any of this stuff. You simply went out and played, got paid your contract, whatever they decided to give you. For the longest time, we didn't even know what other players made. But to me, just looking on the outside, and I don't know enough about it, but I would think as a player, you got to realize, you know what, if we were supposed to make this much money over an 82-game season with all the fans in the stands, buying beer, buying parking, buying stuff but now we're playing a 60 game season 
with no fans for probably part of it and possibly all of it, it's going to be a different cash pie at the end of the day. So at some point, I, I don't know if you would have to sit and think, okay, how does this work? You can't take money from nothing. If there's nothing there, you can't get it. So I would think you would have to have a realization the world is different today than it was when you signed your contract. I, I don't know. But I, I, I mean, I'm always been a pro player on, on any type of situation, but the world is different today than it has been in, in my lifetime, and you have to make concessions because of it. Yeah, and again, my feeling is this generation of players is smarter and more astute than ever before, Rob, and I mean that in all sincerity. Not to disrespect the guys of your era, frankly, of my era. I mean, you and me are roughly the same age. I grew up playing against guys that were way better than me that had, in some cases, a cup of coffees in the NHL and other guys that fought their way to 800 games in the NHL. I want to read you this text uh, which supports the players. It says, Bob, if the owners are not willing to stand by a negotiated agreement with their players, then how can the players ever trust management on their word when individual com, uh, contracts come up for renewal. This is going to cause massive mistrust between the players and management. Uh, if they're really concerned about this going to get worse, and they should have built in the safeguards into the CBA to account for this. Here's, here's my counter to that, Rob. Back in July or late June when they were working on this, I don't think anybody thought we'd still be full-blown in the crapper the way we are right now. Like, I mean, here in Edmonton, realistically, and I monitor the numbers every day, Rob, I didn't think we'd be this bad dealing with COVID. I, re I didn't. I didn't think it'd be. I mean, it's 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 been really challenging. And there's, there's lots of people out there, Rob, that think this stuff is overblown. And then there's other people saying this is incredibly serious and we got to shut everything down. And that's, I guess that's what I'm saying, Rob. The goalposts have moved, right? They, they've moved since they signed that memorandum of understanding. Would the, would the players not fundamentally understand that? Uh, yes and no. I mean, they're, they're, I, I honestly, and, and Reed and I have talked about it a lot on our show and a lot when we, when we do the shows throughout the, the last few months. I always thought that there was a better chance of not having a season last year and possibly not having a season this year because of the pandemic. So as much as the goalposts have moved, I mean, it, it was not out of the realm of, of a possibility that there might not be a season or there'd only be a half season as well. Now, I don't know how they fix it, but I, I can understand the, the frustration in the players saying, we gave, we gave, we gave, we signed this contract. How do we get it done? Uh, they will get the thing is, Bob, we, we can sit here and figure who's right, who's wrong. We could say, right. okay, they, they can't, they're going to get it done. It's going to be done. There will be, if health authorities and the world is allowing hockey to start this year, they will. Yeah, and I'm with you. The, the, I, the, owners, yeah. the owners and players will figure something out. Bottom line, there needs to be collaboration, Rob. That's the it, always, it, absolutely. There, it's a partnership now. When, when I played, it wasn't a partnership. It was, I don't know if it was a dictatorship, but, I mean, we didn't have any power as players. And now that nowadays, the players have way more power than we ever had, and it is a collabor collaboration. It's a partnership. And in the partnership, there is give and take. You've got to be able to – the league has to succeed. The, the league, the owners deserve to make money on their, on their, their teams. They do. Uh, it'd be kind of silly if you're playing for someone, they're losing money year after year. Why would they do it? So they've got to come up to an agreement which benefits both sides that allows the game to be played and allows both sides to be happy. You can't have, in, in a partnership, one side's a lot more happy than the other. That partnership's not going to last for very long. 
Yeah. Well, and bottom line, Rob, I'm I'm from the school of collaboration. I can tell when people have to have it their way all the time. And frankly, those are relationships which I tend to sort of move away from over time, right? Like you can't you can be educated by people on certain perspectives, but when somebody is so dogmatic in their approach and relentless in their approach, it just gets nauseating after a while. And I, I think in this situation, I think calmer heads ultimately will prevail, but it doesn't sound like the players are too happy. All right, I told you we're going to have fun with something. Here we go. Positive Perry has texted the show. Can you please ask us, uh, ask Rob Brown about this incident? The game was just on Sportsnet at NHL Classics very recently where the Penguins were playing the, flyer, the Flyers in Game 5 of the Patrick Final way back in 89. The Penguins won and scored a lot. I think the final score was 10-7. Rob Brown scored to make it 8-3, and Ron Hextall went after him like he was going to chop him down chop down a tree. I was curious as to why Hextall was so angry with Rob Brown. That one comes to us for a positive parry. So tell a story because it's something you do really well. Well, it, it, it's funny. It was I thought it, it made it 8-2 or 8-3 in the game, which seemed like a lot in a playoff hockey game. But that eighth goal turned out to be the game winner. Uh, Hextall was just frustrated. He was having an off night, and we were scoring at will. I mean, it was fairly early in the game when we scored our eighth goal, and he lost it. And I remember Dan Quinn was coming to celebrate me with me behind the, the net, and I was looking over Dan Quinn's shoulder, and Hextall was coming with a stick over his head, and he was coming looking for blood, and Dan Quinn never got to me. I got out of there because... I'm not faster than many players they ever played against, but it was just quick enough and just a little bit faster than Ron Hexel. I was able to get away from him, and he chased me up there. The bad part about that is he got pulled. I don't think he played again in the series. And if he did, because Ken Reggett played game seven in that series and won the game for them, and we ended up losing in seven. But, yeah, Ron Hextall, he challenged me four times, I think, in my career to fight. And I'm like, oh, kind of, he's most likely he was going to beat me in every fight. And if I got lucky and beat him in a fight, then I'd have five other flyers jumping up on me and beat me up as well. So I declined all four times, and I'm probably fortunate that I did. And that was the Flyers' way. And that was part of the reason why I didn't like him in the 70s. Moose DuPont used to hang around every fight that, uh, you know, Hound Dog Kelly and uh, Dave Schultz were in. And the moment those guys were in a little bit of trouble, like when Larry Robinson beat the living snot out of Dave Schultz, there was Moose ready to jump in, right? That was how the Flyers did things. I don't know, Rob. I think, you you know, did you ever think of just using your stick and clubbing him? I, well, I did, but just think what I would use my stick against Ron Hexel, what would happen to me right after they'd have that brief satisfaction of getting yeah. some revenge against Hextall, and then that'd be the enemy. It was funny. I was just with my brother the other day, and they had one of those classic games on, and it was Wayne Gretzky's last ever game. And I was on Pittsburgh, and they showed that game the other day, and I was all excited with my brother. It's going to be able to see, and my son was there. We're going to watch me play, but they only showed Gretzky's shifts. And every time they see me come on the ice, all of a sudden they go to the next Gretzky shift, and I'm like. The coach, I can't remember who the coach of the Rangers was that day, but he should have been fired because Gretzky never played against me the entire game. They right. were the home they were the home team. If you're ever gonna match lines, they could have matched Gretzky against my lane line. His last ever game he probably would have had a hat trick. Was that Muckler? I'm just trying to think. Was I'm trying yeah, to think of I think I think it was Muckler. It was pretty yeah. cool. I was watching the game and I think we actually stayed after the game and cheered him on as he did his round, he did his speech. And Craig Patrick came into our dressing room after the game. We are supposed to fly home. And Craig said the Rangers have invited us to be part of the Gretzky party after the game and want to know if we'd like to stay for it. And we did. 
and the party was at the top of the World Trade Centers. It was John Muckler. The team went 33-38-11 that year, so there you have it. Hey, uh, now there was a time, was it Sean Avery? That yeah. You, you, did, you, did get, you did get your stick up? And, uh... Yeah, I was, it, was, it, was our, it was my last ever regular season game, and I knew that I would never play him again. And I told my line mates before the game, I said, at some point tonight you're going to have to jump in. They're like, why? What do you mean? Just don't worry about it. At some point you're going to have to jump in. So with about five minutes to go in the game, I was back on defense on a power play, and he came down on me and cut across the middle, and I just two-handed him right across the jaw and cut him open and started a brawl. And that's when my linemates knew that they had to jump in on and help out. But we both got kicked out of the game. And as we're walking down the Zamboni entrance on either side, there's some men in between us. He was going crazy. He had blood over his face. And he tried running across with some men after me. And then three cops jumped him because he wasn't allowed to do that. So that was one nothing me on that one. I was never a big Sean Avery fan. I, he kind of oh, suckered. Remember when he suckered? He kind of suckered Ladislav Schmid when he yep, was with the he Rangers. Did, he did for sure. He did. It was there was no doubt that he did. He was yeah. No, I've I've played with a lot of players and against a lot of players that I've liked, didn't like, but there's been none that I've detested more than Avery. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of happens once in a while. Rob, uh, on our show, we haven't had a chance for your assessment on the body of work for Ken Holland. Uh, but what I am going to do for you right now is uh, do a comparison and contrast. Basically, a year ago, October 29, 2019, the Oilers went into Detroit. McDavid played with Drysaddle and Cassian. Here are the rest of the lines. RNH with Jujar Kara and Sam Gagne. Sheehan with Yurcho and Patrick Russell. Haas with Neil and Chase on. Okay? Now compare that to McDavid with RNH and Cassian. Uh, Cahoon with Leon and Yamamoto. Turris with Ennis and Poliarvi. Haas with Neil and Archibald. And the extras are Kara and Chase on. How much better is Edmonton up front? Well, considerably better. And because you have options. Uh, there's probably in the, the first grouping that you had against the Detroit game, there's probably five players that shouldn't be on an NHL team or should all be a 13th player on an NHL team. And now you got a guy like a Chase on, as you had there, quality hockey player that you would want in a playoff series. You have him on the outside looking in. So there are opportunities for players this year, huge opportunities. Some players that got big upside. If Pugliarvi can figure out his game, that's a great signing. Now it's no sure thing. I mean, people talk about his stats, what he had over in Finland, but that's not a good league. But he's got an opportunity, and there's no better place in, in hockey, if I'm a winger, that I would want to play than with the Edmonton Oilers. they got guys that can move the puck. So he's got a great opportunity here to do something special. And if he can, wow, the Edmonton Oilers have got some pretty good offense and some pretty good depth up front. All right, they're likely not to have Oscar Clefbaum this season, but they signed Tyson Berry. Give me a rip on the Oilers addition with the right shot, puck moving deep. Well, it goes along with the line we're going to outscore the other team. Because I don't know if the Oilers are as good defensively as they were last year. I think losing Clefbaum, I don't think Barry's as good defensively. I don't know if they're as good a penalty-killing team without Shan in the lineup. Having said that, Barry adds a dynamic that the Oilers haven't had. And that's a right-handed shot that can run a power play. The power play for the Oilers was already exceptional. Now you're adding that extra special. No one had to defend Oscar Clefbaum really on the penalty kill before. 
because normally when we got the puck, it wasn't a one-timer. It was coming from Dry Settler McDavid, so you could cheat down low. Now you got Barry back there. You got to respect that. You respect that by moving out on Barry. That's so much more space for a McDavid, a Dry Settler, Nugent Hopkins to make a play. That's going to make it even harder for teams to defend the best power play in the league. Rob, the fans love having you on. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst here on Oilers Now. Corey has texted the show discussing the deal that was agreed to between the NHL, the NHLPA, the Memorandum of Understanding back June slash July. Bob, with all due respect, it was very clear in June slash July that the U.S. was out of control and massively failing in their COVID response. They've literally been on a steep incline in cases since the beginning. The second wave was always going to happen in the NHL, and it's silly to claim they couldn't foresee this. Um, okay. I, you know, I, I don't know how many of you can look back at five minutes, five months ago and said we should have, would have cut it this. Uh, I, I think they're partially true there, Corey. I think that's somewhat true. I will tell you this. Historically in Canada over about the last eight years, just to put things in perspective, in the spring and summer across the country, roughly twenty to 24,000 people pass away on average each month in the spring and summer in Canada. That's the countrywide. In the fall and winter, that number jumps to about twenty four to 28,000, and that's over the last five or six years. So, you know, the death rate increases, and that is part of the reason why you know, flu season, not a lot of flus being reported, but obviously huge COVID numbers. And again, there's some of you out there that think this stuff is all bunk and others of you that want to lock everything down. And then there's a bunch of people in the middle that are probably sitting there saying, we got to find a way to work together to figure this all out. When we come back at uh, 1253 at Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With you, we are, for the folks at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, going to take a look at our Oilers Prospect Report. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. A texter say, why would the players trust ownership? Uh, and the texter says, Bob, COVID doesn't care about the feelings or about trust with owners. Goalposts have moved. That is one way to look at the situation. Again, I'm like Rob Brown. I think we're going to have a collaborative approach to find a way to play, and everybody's just going to have to give a bit more. just comes with the territory. It's the inevitability of the situation. Rob Brown was our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training. They're taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. We'll tell you that Roos Chris's uh, Steakhouse is the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that th- and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. As we go into the Oilers prospect report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown. 
my opinion, and I might know a little about this topic because I've been watching him for about the last 35 years, probably the best uh, football player out of the U of A last 35 years, at least that was maybe not an offensive lineman. Uh, two-time CFL All-Star, Trent Brown, James Brown, want you to stay safe and stay positive with the prospect report. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, Dylan Holloway uh, was in self-isolation after coming up over the uh, U.S.-Canada border to join Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp in Red Deer. He was out on the ice today, however, so seems like smooth sailing for him. Uh, Kirill Maximoff, I mentioned him yesterday. He is back up in the KHL after a productive stint in Russia's second league, uh, the 2017 fifth-rounder scoring his first career KHL goal, in fact, in his ninth game there. Veteran Adam Cracknell just signed in this offseason uh, He's found a scoring touch in the Austrian League. He's up to nine points in seven contests there. Tyler Benson has been doing well in the second Swiss League, a goal and seven points in seven games. Ryan McLeod has gone three goals, three assists, six points in ten games in the top Swiss League. Uh, Gaetan Haas plays as well in that same league, uh, three goals, two assists for him. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you right now, Brendan. Okay, here you go. Uh, In 2014, Canada played Austria. In the Olympics with NHL players, Austria was coached by the uh, Henderson Silver Knights current head coach, Manny Viveros, with Rob Dom, sort of the uh, assistant and a technical guy. And one of the players that they had on that team that was making a lot of noise was Brian Lubler, who in the two previous years had scored 31 and 27 goals for Linz. That was Dom's team. He's a... basically played in Linz for several years. So just to put things in perspective, this guy is a top-flight player in the Austrian League. He played 11 games in the American Hockey League coming out of Michigan and uh, didn't have a point. Obviously, he's progressed and gotten better, but you always have to take some of those numbers, I think it's fair to say, with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, You know, there you go. Uh, This text comes in from Cactus Jack. Bob, the best player out of the U of A. That is a true... Stoffer, Oilers now sponsor. <laughs> You're right, Cactus Jack. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. When we come back, the punster himself, Gene Principe, on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.